Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Thursday, June 22nd, 2023. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adelaide Jr. Joining me is the LaCroix Poppy himself, a.k.a. my fellow Forbes 30 under 30, a.k.a. Happy Final Fantasy 16 day, Tim, Ma, Buggin, and Gettys. So here I am. Mm-hmm. Here you are. Growing older all the time. Looking older all the time. You look as young as ever. Feeling younger in my mind. Bless. Mm. Of course, those are the lyrics to Superman by Goldfinger. Last night, me and a motley crew of the Kind of Funny team, including Roger, Lianza, Cool Greg, Gia, and Snowbike Mike, went to a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater cover band concert. Sounds incredible. They're called the Downhill Jam, and it was one of the best nights of my life. That's incredible. It was so much fun. I left everything I had on that dance floor, bless. I hurt so bad. I'm too old for this. The lyrics to Superman have never been more <laughs> relatable to me. But there was there was a shift, right? Mm-hmm. Fun show. Had uh, people were that? doing. This is the skank bless. I learned a lot last night. Okay, about ska music. Yeah, you, you do this while you listen to Scott's law. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's why I wasn't there, everybody. <laughs> Could be caught dead doing this. <laughs> Whatever this move is. Let me tell you, Bless. Did you mosh it all? So let me, here's the situation, all right? Mm. Such a good time. We get there. There was a, a ska band as the openers, uh, and they, they totally rocked it. So much fun. Then the, the downhill jam, which is a level in Tony Hawk 1, of and course. also the best name for a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater cover band of all time. They come out, start just fucking destroying it. Just doing all the hits. All, all now, when you say do. all the hits, is it, is it the series of games? Are they working their way through all the it Tony Hawk Pro Skaters? All of them. Now, does that include Undergrounds? Um, there was one song from Undergrounds. Fair enough. Yeah, but it was amazing. Just the, the eclectic mix of it all, and just like the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtracks, mix of genres. So mm. a lot of it was the more punk rock, ska type stuff, but there was a shift about halfway through. We're having a great time. Everyone's there just kind of vibing to all of it. But then the rapper comes out on stage. Oh, my. Don't tell me they did paparazzi. Oh, they didn't do paparazzi. Oh, Unfortunately, dang. they did not. But they did Express Yourself. They did, like, all of the ones. Okay. Cyclone from Dub Pistols. They did all the stuff from uh, Tony Hawk did they 2. Did, uh, what was the dull, the funky, homo sapien They did. Song? They did? They did. Uh, yes. Was that, I forget the name of the song. But if it was You like, Must. If You Must. Yeah. Yeah. But and I love, that was the first one they did. That, like, that was the turning yes. point for me. I yeah. got right up in the front of the stage. And from that moment on, I was just jumping around like a goddamn That's maniac, awesome. man. And yeah, the rap stuff just like carried it through the second half. The energy was insane. Then, of course, they closed out with Superman. And it was the hypest thing in the world. But then they were like, oh, we have one more. It's an original song. We're going to end it on an original song. And everyone's like, oh, here we go. No one wants this. You know what I mean? We're here for one thing. They fucking lied. They did Blitzkrieg Bop by the Ramones. And it was that's so awesome. incredibly hype. And that's when the mosh pit started. And I'm bopping around. <laughs> yeah. And who do I see? Snow Mike Mike. I saw a video of Snow Mike Mike going crazy. And going I was like, what crazy. is this man is an enigma. He's his own, his own being. Ooh. But yeah, man, it was, it was so much fun. Uh, they're going on tour right now. I recommend people look up the Downhill Jam and go to a show because it was an absolute blast. But I tell you, Bless, yeah. I haven't hurt this bad. I haven't been this tired ever, ever. Hell yeah. I love that for <laughs> I'm, you. I'm shaking. Like I my, love that for My you legs so are much. shaking and I'm sitting down. But anyways, I'm excited to talk about video games. I'm you. excited to talk about video games too. Tim, if you, is there another game or series of games out there let's say licensed soundtrack Mm -hmm. that if they did a a similar thing if there was a cover band that was doing songs from that game you would follow around or not follow around but you would attend the concert (laughs) yeah i don't know why i'm looking at you like a pro skater cover band groupie that would be me in my head you're flying to seattle wherever their next stop is deadhead (laughs) i love it i love it honestly bless Mm -hmm. so many 
Yeah. Last night was so fun. Joey and I were talking. If they did this for rock band songs, if they did it for Guitar mm, Hero, I mean, can you imagine they did it for NBA Street Volume 2? No, I was thinking about that. Like, an NBA Street Volume 2 would be sick as hell. Or I, songs. I was thinking even, like, oh, yeah, this is the same. It's like a 30-minute show. They're like, All right, cool, guys. Peace out. Um, GTA San Andreas. I feel like oh it would be a fun God. one. You know, just give me Radio Los Santos. Just yes. an old-school 90s hip-hop I mean, cover band. There's an audience. I was surprised. I thought there was going to be, like, less than 10 people there. There was a ton of people. And every, everyone was just there to have a good time. Shout out to, to uh, Anthony, the best friend that uh, came through. Had a great night with him. Hell yeah. It was just awesome, man. But yeah, I, the, I think that there's something here. I don't know. What if we learn how to play instruments? Yeah. What if it was us? <laughs> well, I mean, we could probably do the hip hop stuff. We could rap. We could figure that we out. Can, like, I can get on the ones and twos, produce some cover beats. But I, they, got, I, I play the drums if we need Barrett to. plays the drums? Yeah. Andy plays guitar. Did you know that? Because I didn't know that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, but yeah. they had the, the punk rock band play the music for the rap songs, which made it even oh, that's awesome. so much better. Oh, my like God. Like a concert. Such, such a great time. Tim? That sounds like a great time. You know what else is a great time? Talking about video games. Let's talk about today's stories, which include a whole bunch of new details from Xbox's FTC trial, new Starfield details from our Todd Howard interview, and more, because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every week at 10 a.m. live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use Epic Creator Code Kinda Funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of this show, head to kindoffunny.com slash KFGD to get your questions read, uh, your squad ups read, and more. And remember, patreon.com slash kindoffunny will get you the show ad-free plus a bevy of bonus content. What happened there? What happened where? You hit Oh, I think it's the water bottle. Oh, okay. the metal, yeah, the metal okay. sound. It sounded like bottle. a text <laughs> notification. I was like, "What the fuck's happening?" Oh no, 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 we're good, yeah. we're good. Um, I mean, one of the, one of these days, I'm sure Kevin forgot to put one screw in this thing, and we're just gonna fucking collapse. <laughs> the studio's gonna be in shambles. These TVs fucking electrocute us. Oh yeah, <laughs> and it's a viral video. Everybody sees it. Uh, housekeeping for you: a new kind of funny X cast is up right now, and the crew has on the one, the only. Todd Howard, aka God Howard, to discuss all things Starfield. That's up over on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Uh, a new episode of The Blessing Show is up right now, and it's all about what's up with PlayStation's and multiplayer strategy. Uh, it is required watching for uh, PS I Love You XOXO that's being recorded later today on Patreon, and that's up tomorrow on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. It's only like an eight minute video, uh, and it's a quick breakdown. Oh, so good. Uh, thank you so much. So good. It's a breakdown of basically what's going on in PlayStation and the multiplayer stuff and the PlayStation Showcase and like our, my my personal reaction to it and my read on it. But of course, we're going to expound on that on PS Love You. But go watch that episode before you hop into PS Love You or just hop into PS Love You and then watch the episode after. I'm sure we're going to recap it. It's going to be a fun time. Good conversations. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. And then Tim, mm -hmm. there's been an invasion. There has. A secret hey, invasion. Don't tell people. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're right. You're right. I shouldn't tell people that the one and only Eric Voss from New Rockstars came through to talk to you about Secret Invasion. He did. We did an episode one kind of a breakdown of Secret Invasion, and um, he will be back next week for episode two. We're hoping to have him for every episode, but scheduling stuff might get in the way. Um, but love talking to Eric about Marvel stuff. So, so it was a ton of fun. And for people wondering, the normal in-review crew will still be doing this for in-review. We're just trying to keep it a little different because it – Kind of got a little samey having the conversations week to week about the Marvel shows and then having a conversation again with the same people. Um, so, yeah, go check it out. It's a great time. Check out, I, I, so, 
when Secret Invasion came out, what, it was yesterday? The day before? Yeah. Yesterday? Yeah. I didn't even know it was out. And I'm mm-hmm. somebody who, I keep up with the Marvel TV stuff pretty regularly. I have been shocked by the lack of conversation I've seen about Secret yeah. Invasion. It's just, that's where we're at. There's a lot of reasons why that's the case. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just fatigue overall of superheroes, fatigue of content, um, the level of quality of the Disney Plus shows overall. Mm-hmm. There's been some wins, but there's been, I think, a little bit more S. So um, I feel like the jury's a little still out. And the initial reviews of just the first two episodes of this weren't like, it's the best thing ever. So I think people mm-hmm. are like, I can wait. Um, but I, I'm really into it so far. I, I think you should check out the episode and get more deep thoughts. But Heck yeah. yeah. Speaking of good TV, let me tell you about this show, Never Have I Ever on mm-hmm. Netflix. This final season dropped. I'm, I'm like halfway through it. What a delightful show. Yeah. If you're looking for a fun sitcom about a teenager who is just problematic and toxic, but also, you know, she she has a good heart. Heart of gold. She has a heart of gold, but she just doesn't know how to express that. You know, watch Never Have I Ever. It's a very good show. Cool. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Casey Andrew, Delaney Twining, and James Hastings. Today, brought to you by BetterHelp, but we'll tell you about that later for now. Let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have eight stories today. A Baker's Dozen. Starting with... Real quick, Wes. What up? I was at a Tony Hawk concert last night, and this weekend, I'm going to be down in L.A. at the Hollywood Bowl oh. in front of 7,000 screaming fans watching Jeff Keeley and friends and the orchestra <laughs> play music from the Game Awards. Man, it's going to be a damn good time. You're having a great week. I am, I'm jealous man. of your week, right? Oh. We're going to talk about a bit about that orchestra later on. And also, shout out to Black Mirror. Somebody mentioned Black Mirror. I also watched the last season of Black Mirror, and... It's a banger. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they're, they're getting back to ripping my heart out. Okay. These episodes. Yeah. Like, li- I want to leave these episodes feeling like I have no no, no hope for the mm-hmm. world. Like, we're all just done as human beings. Like, we're fucked up and we're terrible and we're sad and we're miserable. That's what this last mirror, Black Mirror, is doing to me. And I'm loving it. Good. Great. Good. You need some darkness in your life. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. <laughs> Story number one. Xbox says it's lost the console wars uh i'm pulling from tom warren of course right now there's an xbox trial going on right for the fdc talking about the activision blizzard acquisition them making the arguments as to why the activision uh, acquisition should go through of course pulling different documents and different you know evidence i guess (laughs) from uh different places like playstation and other companies to really make the argument so it's happening live as we're on the show but Details have already come out um, about it. One of the ones that has already made the rounds this morning is the fact that, yeah, Xbox has said that it's lost the console wars. I'm pulling from Tom Warren. Xbox has said that Xbox has lost the console wars. Yes. And this comes from Tom Warren, who, you know, is tweeting out a lot of this stuff, right? Tom Warren from, of course, uh, The Verge. He tweeted out, Microsoft says, Microsoft says Xbox has lost the console wars. Ahead of the FTC case today, Microsoft is keen to show Xbox is in third place. Microsoft reveals Xbox had 16% share of console sales in 2021 and 21% of the console install base. Um, He also posts some images of screenshots from the documents. If you look at the documents, right, um, it headlines Xbox and Activision both face intense competition. Um, Exhibit A, Xbox has lost the console wars and its rivals are positioned to continue to dominate, including by leveraging exclusive content. Xbox has consistently ranked third in consoles behind PlayStation and Nintendo. And again, this is all coming from Microsoft. 
uh, in <laughs> Exhibit 69. In 2001, Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft entered the gaming industry with the launch of its first Xbox video game console. In competition with the established incumbents, Sony and Nintendo, in that generation, Sony and Nintendo outsold Xbox by a significant margin. With every succeeding generation over the 20 years since, Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox have remained the three major console producers and have been engaged in what the industry refers to as the console wars. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the beginning to like an Avatar episode, dude. Straight up, that's the fucking. It's the beginning of a Transformers movie. The voice of Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen, is like seventeen millennia ago on Cybertron. <laughs> the gun, the console head, wars have. Uh, yeah, Attack of the Clones. The console wars have. That was ridiculous. The document continues. Sony is the dominant player in consoles. Sony PlayStation for over two decades and through five generations has been the leading console both worldwide and in the U.S. Sony's gamer base is redacted as large as Xbox's worldwide and redacted larger in the United States. Don't call them a gamer base. It's a game. What's wrong with a, with a gamer base? You don't That's like a base joke. of gamers? Sounds scary. <laughs> if I walked into a base of gamers, I'm turning the other way. I'm getting out. I'm getting out of there. Uh, it continues. Xbox's console has consistently ranked third of three <laughs> behind PlayStation and Nintendo in sales. In 2021, Xbox had a share of 16%, while Nintendo and PlayStation had shares of redacted and redacted, respect respectively. <laughs> Likewise for console revenues and shares of consoles currently in use by gamers aka the installed base uh xbox trails with 21 percent, while playstation and nintendo have shares of redacted and redactive respectively tim i've never seen a company so excited to talk about how far behind they are taking the mels man it's the best this this is the inevitable end that we've been been looking at at least we hope it's the end end of of the society deal with all this stuff and also the end of the wars (laughs) the end of the wars uh but yeah th- this is all happening right now and this is one of those silly things where it simultaneously is and is not even a new story like yeah. this is just them saying what they need to say just like it has been for the last couple months year at this point god just please end soon mm-hmm. please phil spencer do oh, we got some time like i've uh, they gotta they gotta redo the cma thing that's gonna take a while yeah yeah but where this is i feel like things are getting more serious like they're they're putting it all on the table and like they're saying shit that clearly they don't want to say but also, these are just facts, and facts are just twisted into things with context to be able to create a narrative. That's what they're doing here. Them being last place, sure, that is true. Duh. Look yeah. at, let's just look at the, the state of the console wars. <laughs> they're last, right? But just because you're last doesn't mean you're losing. And I feel like that is another very important part about all this, that in the last couple of weeks, they also were talking about how much more successful and how much more money Xbox has made compared to the 360 generation, which is the generation we, the people that talk about console wars, would definitively say Xbox 360 won the console wars then. Mm -hmm. But it's more successful now than then. So losing the console wars doesn't actually mean much. Yeah. And then I think you hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, they're speaking facts and they're able, the the goal here, right, is to use the facts that they can find in order to prove the argument of, Mm -hmm. hey, let us acquire activision because obviously we don't have a monopoly here obviously we're not uh, taking a huge enough market share away from nintendo and playstation obviously they're not redacted 
Yeah, like they're if not. Only they, they had redacted. They don't have redacted yeah. amount of share in the space, right? Like Nintendo and PlayStation, they got redacted and redacted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that Microsoft is coming out and being like, "Hey, yeah, like look at this, we're in third place. We got sixteen percent from you know this time period. We ain't doing shit here." It makes sense, right? And like you know, it's it's that thing of it's very interesting to see it see this information come from them because you know, and this goes for any this goes for any you know PlayStation or Nintendo or just any company in general talking about their own success, right? When you're getting in front of investors and like people who are in, invested in in uh, financially supporting your platform whatsoever, you don't go in front of them and go, "We're the third place, guys. <laughs> Invest in us," right? You want to put your best foot forward and talk about how talk about the things that you're doing right, which. Xbox and Microsoft are doing plenty of things right, right? So many things right. When you talk about Xbox Game Pass and how that is like the leading uh, subscription service in video games and how successful it is and all this stuff, right? Like from any metric, them from any metric, from financials, from just uh, like just the outward goodwill of it all, the the conversation around it. Like Game Pass is a positive; it is a win for them, and it is the standard. I think that's even the biggest thing. Like they are winning the streaming wars. Yeah, yeah, and so like. They have all these metrics that they can go to you and go, well, we're doing good because we're still Xbox and even more so, we're fucking Microsoft. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. this is a piece of our pie here, video games, right? Like, there's so much other shit going on at Microsoft that we don't really, like, we don't live and uh, live and die by this. But, you know, video games are important. Xbox is important. And, like, when we're talking about the video game space, there are things that, like, in this specific argument of let us, let us acquire Activision Blizzard. This stuff is relevant. This stuff makes sense. It's just fun and interesting to th- see them talking about it. Um, but with that, there's so much other interesting things coming up from this conversation, right? Like story number two, Sony says it'll withhold PS6 details from Activision if it's acquired by Microsoft. The console wars continue. The console wars are not over, everybody. This comes from Tom Ivan at Video Games Chronicle. Sony Interactive Entertainment has said it would withhold details about its next console from Activision if the Call of Duty maker is acquired by Microsoft. During a deposition in, in April via Axios, SIE boss Jim Ryan told the U.S. Federal Trade Commission that the company's past collaboration with Activision led to the development of better features on PlayStation consoles that helped the hardware stand out from the competition. But were Activision to be purchased by Microsoft, that partnership would be lost, according to Ryan. Quote, We simply could not run the risk of a company that was owned by a direct competitor having access to that information, he told the regulator. As an independent company, Ryan uh, said Activision is incentivized to, quote, make great games on all platforms, end quote. But that post-acquisition, it would be more concerned with improving the Xbox business than in taking advantage of unique PS5 features or helping Sony develop better consoles. In a heavily redacted section of (laughs) Ryan's discussion with the FTC, the executive suggested that Sony's experience of working with Minecraft maker Mojang after Microsoft acquired the studio gave the company cause for concern about doing likewise with Activision. Sony has previously suggested that Microsoft could release degraded versions of Call of Duty games for PlayStation consoles should it acquire Activision, claims the Xbox maker has rejected. So the sky is blue. But if the sky was red, the sky would be red. Yes. I, I think all this, I mean, people are, are, you know, going crazy over this on Twitter and stuff. I think it makes sense, right? It makes absolute sense. All of this. Again, we are listening and watching something that, and talking about stuff that 
They don't want us talking about. Mm. They're fighting a fight. They understand. It's legal. It's that's just where this is right now. They're saying stuff that we're laughing at. This is all just memes to us because it is. It's just silly. It's silly, just words. It's them saying things that are so obvious. You're like, why would you say it? It's so obvious. It's like, well, they're because they're in a legal battle. They're trying to get something mm. or they're trying to save something, right? Like this makes all total sense. And it's just funny some of the things that they they have to say and the lengths that they need to go um, because there are actual ramifications of them putting shit on the table right mm -hmm. like whether or when if this goes through playstation or uh activision has had to make these deals with all the streaming uh game streaming systems for call of duty and for uh putting their their games on that mm. and the 10 years of nintendo getting call of duty like all of those things wouldn't have happened if they didn't need to kind of be like be like all right we're gonna make some some big plays here, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, there are actual changes happening and actual statements being made that they're going to be held accountable to. Um, I just wonder when that ends and when it just is at some point they're literally just going back and forth and just saying facts. Yeah. I think the one thing here that I, I, I think is pushing it is the idea that um, Activision would release lesser versions of call of duty and that can be defined in multiple ways right mm -hmm. like i guess lesser could be hey we have xbox skins in this thing that you can't get on playstation like maybe they can make that argument but i don't think there's going to be a version of um call of duty on playstation that is running at 20 frames per second to sabotage the playstation version right but like when you're in the scenario that's the arguments that you're going to make because you're mm -hmm. desperate to keep this thing on your platform or are you? Because like in in um, a follow up to this, right? The, there's a t tweet here that I have from Noble uh, talking about how Jim Ryan in an internal email sent out uh, this quote: "It is not an exclusivity play at all. They're thinking bigger than uh, than that, and they have the cash to make moves like this. I spent a fair amount of time with Spencer Bobby, and I'm pretty sure <laughs> I'm pretty sure we will continue to see COD on PlayStation for years to come." End quote. So on. one, can you give me the one? <laughs> give it to him the one. <laughs> Who the fuck's Spencer Bobby? It's Phil Spencer and Bobby Kotick. Cool. Cool. Unless I mean, unless I'm wrong. I could be wrong. That's I what I read that. I, I, I didn't look yeah, that up. It's just cool. Maybe there is a guy named Spencer Bobby. Who the fuck and if is Spencer so, Bobby? why the fuck do you have two first names? <laughs> <laughs> it's the sequel to Talladega Nights. <laughs> right? Like uh, Oh, whatever. Again, I know this. We're all just we're making fun of this because it's all just so stupid. Oh yeah. Spencer's but, his last name. Bobby's his first name. There's just no consistency. I want <laughs> consistency, Jim Ryan. This is important. Hey, this Spencer is a legal could be a first name. Of course, <laughs> I, I wonder last name. if this is like a weird, uh, like negging thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, like <laughs> oh Spencer Bobby." Like, how would I go? Like, purposely getting his name wrong. <sighs> God, but yeah, like I, I think Jim Ryan and the team at PlayStation knows that Call of Duty is going to be fine, right? They're going to have yeah. Call of Duty in the library because if they didn't have Call of Duty in the library. One, like, they're going to get those deals. That's a contract that Xbox is dying to have them sign because that'll make this whole thing easier. But then also, so much money is going to be lost by Microsoft by not having Call of Duty on PlayStation. And, you know, but that's a, a, an interesting conversation that you're right, but you look at Starfield. You look at yeah. things like that. Like, they're like losing Starfield, money. Starfield isn't Call of Duty. Uh, true. But, like, when you look at the... I mean, nothing's Call of Duty, so that's yeah. that's fair. But when you start looking at the just library of games of all the teams that X xbox is acquiring like yeah it does that it's all strategy at some point and you you talking about the the lesser version of call of duty being released on on playstation it's like the funniest thing is take making it run at lower frames per second or like like sabotaging the game out of it 
the reality is there's all Xbox is already the winner there because of Game Pass. If they acquire Call of Duty or if they acquire Activision, Call of Duty is going to be free on Game Pass or part of Game Pass. And PlayStation is going to be a $70 title. Mm -hmm. That's a major I mean, unless PlayStation accepts the deal where they can put it on PS Plus because that's been one of those things thrown around too. That they're saying no to because, of course, like they're trying to not yeah. make this deal yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm, my God. Like, I can't wait until this is all over and we just have the results. Yeah. Because the results of this are going to be so buck wild, I have a feeling. I think it could, I think it is going to be, um, uh, be like, yeah, you're going to have the Play- PlayStation Plus deals, right? Call of Duty is going to be free for everybody now. Uh, free if you have a subscription, of course. Like, yeah. I think it's going to be one of those scenarios. I think we're going to be playing Call of Duty on fucking Roku because <laughs> Microsoft's talking to everybody to get it on any platform they can. We're going to be playing Call of Duty on like the back of the airport plane seats yeah and and i mean that's i i'm with you i do think that that's kind of the the reality that we're we're facing eventually like that and xbox is gonna make so much money oh yes oh yeah one thousand percent uh one more for this microsoft ftc situation right story number three microsoft expects the next generation of consoles to come out in 2028 this is wesley yen at ign In court documents reviewed by IGN, Microsoft said the expected starting period of the next generation of consoles is 2028. This means the next Xbox and the PlayStation 6 are set to launch eight years after the Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5. The news comes from documents made uh, public as part of Xbox's big Activision Blizzard FTC trial uh, when kicked off this week. It's crunch time for Microsoft and the Xbox brand uh, as a company excuse me, as company leaders are heading to federal uh, court to defend the proposed $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard against the United States Federal Trade Commission. This week's trial will see the FTC attempt to impose a preliminary injunction on Microsoft and Activision Blizzard. If successful, it would mean Microsoft and Activision Blizzard can't compete uh, or can't complete the acquisition uh, while the FTC's review of the transaction's compliance with U.S. antitrust law is ongoing. In documents released today, Microsoft discussed the 10-year duration of its commitment to Sony to release Call of Duty games on PlayStation platforms should the deal go through. Quote, this term would in any case go beyond the expected starting period of the next generation of consoles, in parentheses, in 2028, end quote, Microsoft said. Quote, thus, Call of Duty will be published on successor PlayStation consoles should one be released during the term of the agreement. The agreement also would ensure that Call of Duty console uh, console games are offered on PlayStation at parity with Xbox, end quote. Makes sense. Not really surprised about any of this, and yeah. I also can see it kind of changing. Like, we're just in a shifting landscape for a multitude of reasons, and this console generation has been, I would probably say, the most different than any previous console lifecycle. Like, hmm for a whole bunch of reasons but one of them being the pandemic and another being the absolute shift into game pass and streaming as an option and just the way that games are delivered where it is a more digital it's not a digital future anymore it's a digital present Mm -hmm. and that really became true last generation but now the, the games are coming out and like things like cross progression and cross play are expected and i feel like because of all of that even the cross-gen nature, what we saw from PS4 to 5 and Xbox One to X and S, was so much more, like, now looking at it, seamless than we had previously. Like, there were always games that would come out, not always, but there have been games that come out on, on both um, the previous gen and the next gen, yeah. like looking at Metal Gear Solid Five or um, obviously Twilight Princess, Breath of the Wild, things like that. Nintendo's a little bit different, but 
Um, I feel like this time it was pretty much everything, right? And I feel like we're just now getting to the point that we're getting this gen exclusive games. Um, I mean, Final Fantasy 16 coming out today, right? Like mm. that is one of the first major games, like one of the biggest for sure, yeah. to be exclusive to just this PS5. generation. Yeah, you know, and I feel like we're going to continue to get those, but I wouldn't be surprised if 2028 comes along and whatever the PlayStation 6 is, there's again another kind of like even more seamless transition yeah. between that's these the days. thing is i think there's always going to be generations because you're always going to want to take advantage of new features and more powerful platforms and try to push things forward and i don't think i mean unless consoles basically just become pcs which is you know perfectly possible but like unless that happens which kind of defeats the purpose of consoles in my opinion uh then like yeah, like you're always going to have to f move on to the next machine at some point if you want to be able to take advantage of the new things. You know, I, I think the, the the one thing that I missed uh, in what I was just saying that really mm -hmm. ties it all together is the account nature of it all. Where mm. your PSN, I imagine, is going to follow you for oh, the for rest sure. of PlayStation. Hopefully. And that didn't exist before. And I, But even that, hopefully, I feel like if it doesn't, I would be utterly yes. shocked, right? With uh, Xbox, it's the same thing. I mean, Xbox already across multiple platforms and things. And even with Nintendo, I think we're at the point that all of the big three... We'll see with Nintendo. Nintendo's weird, but I, I think that they, they've shown where they're at now. It's like they have... There's a, a platform that they can use, whereas yeah. they did not have that before. And it was like all the, the old school ways of virtual console. Like They've given up on that. And there's pros and cons to all of it. But like I imagine that they're just going to continue their account-based things. And even then... Nintendo accounts, your, your account's still transferred, but I feel like they've cleaned up their shit. The Switch is a, a restart for Nintendo, right? Mm -hmm. It was messy as fuck when it came to the 3DS and the Wii U and all that for a multitude of reasons. The Switch makes sense. There's one thing, there's one account, and it works. It doesn't always work perfectly for a bunch of reasons, but the ecosystem of it totally adds up and makes sense. And then on the PlayStation Xbox side, I think even more. We're already there. Right? Yeah, like like they're, that, they've been there. The way we've carried over already from PS4 to PS5. And even I believe, like, I mean, your a PSN account's already carried over from mm -hmm. PS3 and PS4, even if your games uh, didn't. We're already at that place. Like, even in Xbox, where, you know, it's so fun hearing stories of people booting up their Xbox Series X or, like, buying a new Xbox Series X, opening up a, like, an old um, Oblivion save and their save still being there, right? Yeah. From, like, 2006 or whatever. It's like, beautiful. It's it, it's a beautiful time that we live in for for that stuff, and yeah, I think that stuff is only going to continue and even progress more. And I think you're right in terms of the blending between the, the generations, where in in I think that yeah can't affect the years in which the stuff stuff comes yeah. out. I think go for it, Barrett. I can't hear Sorry, you. Sorry, that was that was some weird playback stuff on my end. Oh, okay, gotcha. Um, but anyway, <laughs> wait, was that your voice or my voice when you said I think that was your voice on the Twitch? Holy stream. shit! I totally thought that was you. That's that's kind of weird. Do I sound like Barrett sometimes? I mean, people get us mixed up all the time. That's crazy. That's so crazy. I uh, thought it was my voice. <laughs> okay, well, I guess we're all going crazy. But, yeah, like, I think you might see um, console life cycles last a bit, a, a bit longer because of that. Because you you there might be that um, less of a hard cut and more of that transition. But I think forever, at least for a long time still, we're going to have console generations. And that's still going to be a thing. And I think on top of that, too, we I expect more than ever iterations of the same console ps5 is a brand they're gonna want to like they're winning they're having so much success you want to keep the ps5 name going and have ps5 mean something in the same way ps4 meant something right eventually 
PS6 is going to mean something, but only when they need it to. They don't need it to for a long mm. time, right? So that's why 2028, I'm like, we're talking about five years from now. Like, yeah, 2028 is not even a real year to me yet. No, 100%. Like, 2025 is barely a real year to me. Yeah. 2023 is not even a real year to me. <laughs> you know what I mean, Tim? Yeah, I do. I really do. <laughs> but you know what's real to me, Tim? Mm. Patreon.com slash games. Over on Patreon.com, you can get the show ad-free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. It's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you and never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself. I know this from experience, how often it just seems easier to care about others and to keep it moving. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burnt out. Therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life so you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. Some of my very best friends use BetterHelp and love how helpful it can be for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash kindoffunny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash kindoffunny. Tim Gettys. Before we get to the next story, I have a quick thing I need to tell you. What's up? I went to Best Buy last week mm-hmm. with Gia to purchase Super Mario Brothers, the movie, on 4K Blu-ray. Oh, the new one. <laughs> I was thinking the, or- the original one from back in the day. I was like, wait, hold on. There's more to the story. They got that at Best Buy in 4K? That's crazy. You know what they didn't have at Best Buy, Bless? What's that? Super Mario Brothers, the movie. In 4K on Blu-ray. Wait, really? You know what else they didn't have? What's that? A single Blu-ray. No. Not a single one. It's finally gone? It's finally happened. They That's just so don't sad. have them. I've seen it go from like aisles to yeah. aisle. That's wild. To small little shelf. But I'm like, hey, there's always going to be those kiosks of yeah. new releases. They're gone. That's They're crazy. just not there. I guess That's wild. Physical Target. media is dead. Target, we gotta start. Yeah, going I gotta Target, go. Target, but the problem is, Best Buy has the best exclusives. It's a I whole know. whole thing. Y'all. I mean, was it Best Buy? Some some place has like a really sick uh, across the Spider Verse exclusive. I forget which one of it is though. It's just so sad. I'm so sad about this yeah. plus because the worst thing is every single time I buy Blu-rays on Amazon, it doesn't come with the right slipcase or it doesn't come with the slipcase. There's some problem with it. I'm like, I'm buying these to collect them. I need uniformity, people. Mm. I haven't, I haven't, um, like put in a Blu-ray in the longest time. Does that come with like the cool special features that DVDs had in the day, had in the day? Like if you put in Super Mario Brothers movie, the new one, not the old one. Like would they have like deleted scenes yeah. and like director's commentary and like yeah, yeah. a I little mean, Super not... Mario game you can play with your remote that never controls well? Yeah. Yes and no. <laughs> no, it, okay. Sony Sony movies always have that bullshit still. Uh, but yeah, it's they they do still have all that stuff. But they also have that stuff on digital. Like if you buy something on iTunes, you get all those features gotcha. as well. Gotcha. It's a sad time, everybody. Very sad time. Rest in peace, Blu-rays. Yeah. Uh, story number four. Tim, yesterday, Kind of Funny got to do a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. Kind of Funny X-Cast in particular. They got to interview Todd Howard, a.k.a. God Howard, about Starfield. Uh, and there are some tidbits from that. One of the bigger ones is the fact that Todd Howard says only 10% of Starfield planets have life on them. This is Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. 
Bethesda's Todd Howard has revealed only 10% of Starfield's 1,000 planets have life on them. Speaking to Kind of Funny Games, Howard explained how Bethesda populated Starfield's universe, saying different planets serve different purposes. Quote, for us, we view it as giving you choices when you look at a system. Here's the many things you could do, he said. Uh, this could include visiting barren planets that are only there to collect resources or planets with major cities and settlements for players to explore and progress the story in. Quote, Obviously, it's procedural, so there's no way we're going to go and handcraft an entire planet, Howard continued. What we do is we handcraft individual locations, and some of those are placed specifically, like the main cities and other quest locations. And then we have a suite of them that are generated or placed when you land, depending on that planet, end quote. There are merits to even the emptier planets, though, uh, Howard said, as it all balances the busy ones uh, out to create a believable universe. Quote, I think it is a moment when you land on some of these barren planets, and again, we will generate certain things for you to find on them, Howard continued. But if you look at a planet, you see the resources, it has things you want, end quote. The more than 1,000 planets available in Starfield will therefore give players plenty to explore, and even if a lot of them are on the thinner side story-wise, Starfield will feature more handcrafted content than any other Bethesda game. Uh, coming off of that, there was also uh, some tweets going around recapping quite a few of the bullet points from that interview, one that I'm pulling from at Okami13 underscore on Twitter. Uh, they uh, tweeted out some bullet points talking about the 10% of planets in Starfield will have life on them, mimicking the Goldilocks zone. Uh, planets can have multiple different biomes. Uh, no rovers or ground vehicles. Jetpacks will get you around pretty quickly. Constellation crew members are awesome and can be romanced. Uh, it'll have a big font mode for accessibility, and ships have to be registered before they can be customized. Uh, specifically, stolen ships. Yes, that's a good. That's a good clarification. Yeah, you have to. If you want to uh, customize and like, like um, you can store keep a stolen ship. ship. Yeah, but you got to go. Yeah, you got to steal it. Uh, Tim, mm -hmm. what does this do for you? I mean, for me, not much. Mm -hmm. But I, I think that this makes a lot of sense. Um, I feel like. This is the type of stuff for me where I'm like, I'm not interested in these type of games. Too big, mm -hmm. too much nothing. But I also understand that's the point of it. It is exploring. When you do find something with something, it means something. Yeah. Right? Where are you at with it? I'm fascinated with it. Of course, I'm very much looking forward to Starfield because I, I really like Bethesda games. I think it's fun how the headline frames it as Todd Howard says only 10% of Starfield planets. But when I was listening to the X cast and he said that, I was like, I did the math in my head. I'm like, dude, if there's a, if there's a thousand planets, if there's over a thousand planets. That means over a hundred planets have life on them. That's a lot. Like, yeah, totally. That's a lot of content right there. Like, that's a lot of planets to visit and hopefully get interesting stories and run into people or like, you know, battle against monsters or do whatever. And so I think that's neat. I think that's interesting. I'm somebody who I think the idea of, a no man's sky type game where you're flying to different planets that are procedurally generated doesn't immediately appeal to me because I like the crafted content that Bethesda puts in their games. That said, there's going to be a lot of crafted content here, right? Him talking about there's more content in this game that is handcrafted than any other Bethesda game. For me, that's enough. I don't mind having planets there that are purely for resource gathering and stuff because you know, like I can just ignore those planets. Yeah. I can just go to the planets I want, right? Like it seems like that is going to be more so for the process of hey, if you want to craft something, if you want to build something, you know, if you want that um, that option to like have that chill experience in, in in like a big RPG world, like that's one of those things I value, right? Like I I I, I as much as I love the story parts and the quests and the side quests and stuff of a Fallout. I also like walking from location to location, right? Like looking around, like running into in enemies by random encounter and just hanging out in the world. There's something nice about the quietness 
of a big open world game and i think that matters just as much as the like big moments and the story moments and the involved moments of that kind of game so i think there's a balance there i had a weird kind of like existential moment a couple weeks ago mm-hmm. where i uh was walking to the supercuts to get my hair cut and from walking from my house to the supercuts it was maybe a 45 minute walk it was a longer one for me didn't enjoy it much i'll let you know that physically mm-hmm. Um, but I did enjoy it from taking in the sights and sounds and just realizing how many different biomes I walked through yeah. to get there. God just walking, walk, I'm being honest, walking through San Francisco of like, I'm it's here, awesome. I'm on a busy street, and then all of a sudden, I'm in a forest, and then all of a sudden, I'm in a quiet little residential area, and then all of a sudden, there's a mall, and all of a, it's like, there's just so much stuff that it all just has different things. And I didn't interact with anything. I didn't press X to interact with anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was just taking in the stuff that's happening around me. Some of it I put on my, my little earbuds and I listened to some music, kind of like audio logs in a video oh, game. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? I, I think those moments are special. They are. It's You kind of can create your own moments just by little things that happen that for some reason it just connects with you of those sights and those sounds at this moment made you feel a certain way. Cool. I feel like there's games out there that when you're being transported to a different world, some of that is the point. And I, mm-hmm. I feel like that isn't going to be for everybody. I know for me, that's not how I necessarily want to spend my time playing video games because I like more one-to-one gameplay type stuff. Like, that's just who I am and that's cool. But there's so many different gamers out there that enjoy so many different things. And I feel like with, with what they're talking about here, I like that but there's that potential for people to just go to the ones with life and find ways to do that or go to ones without life yeah. and find a story there, even if that story isn't real. Yeah, exactly. For me, I think one of the best examples of it would be Shadow of Colossus, where that game is empty as fuck, yeah. right? But there are 16 colossi to find, and the process of getting to, to those colossi is such a big and important part of the game, and that is filled with quietness, that is filled with you, just you hanging out with your horse in the environment and looking over beautiful vistas and just really taking take, taking in nature. That is such an important part of that game, and that's an important part of, I'd say, a lot of open-world games, right? getting from place to place what is that in between period and like you know i think that helps out with the pacing and it's not for everybody in terms of yeah tim getty you're just you're somebody who loves interacting with that handcrafted content you're somebody who gravitates towards yep. something like final fantasy 16 oh, which is jam-packed but you know i personally i'm down for a game where i'm walking through and i am like looking i, I like the elden rings of the world right i know that's also jam-packed with content but there are plenty of places where it's i'm just exploring and i'm finding nothing for 30 minutes because i'm trying to like do this specific thing so i'm walking to this location going like oh man no i should have gone here and like double backing and going to this place i like that you know i think there's something fun in that and i and uh having a game that is planets of that right like 10 percent of the this game is of the planets here have life but there's a 90 percent that is hey go here if you're looking for something and relax chill and play the game at your own pace i think that's valuable i think that's good and yeah. we'll we'll see what the balance is i think that's the other important thing is that the balance has to be right and that's yet to be seen we'll see that when the game is game is in our hands but yeah like i don't think there's a problem here yeah it's definitely not a problem i will say personally anytime i hear procedurally generated mm. i'm like oh no it gives me the same feeling of like the bad ai stuff where i'm just like i don't want this i don't mm. want this at all and I don't understand why people would want it, but people do. See, I disagree totally. And I, but I also think, I disagree in multiple ways, right? I think one of it is the fact that procedural generation is a tool. Like, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of games that you absolutely love that had the procedurally generated worlds and I environments. Same argument for AI. 
yeah, yeah, just yeah. going down that path. But yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's that tool and how you use it, right? Where AI inherently isn't bad, but a lot of the applications lately have been bad. When you look at um, people stealing other people's work, or you look at like the, Mar the um, Secret Invasion intro, and it's like you could have paid artists to do this, and it would look way better. You and, know? and so I'm super with you on all that. They did pay artists. There were artists that decided to do that stuff. Mm. So it's, it's for sure, for sure. I'm for just sure. saying it's, and again, I don't agree with that shit. But I'm just saying I don't like either. <laughs> yeah, and I and I and I totally feel that. But yeah, I think there is ways you can applicate it in. I mean, I'm sure it, it, the, uh, procedural generation has for sure been applicated in games that you fucking love. Oh, like, absolutely. That, that you probably wouldn't notice because for sure the, the tool was used as a tool and you know um, and they're iterated upon. They're, they're honing it. It's not going to turn into like a what No Man's Sky was at launch, where it every, everything just kind of seems like almost bland in a way of uh, exploring new things. And they, they mentioned in the interview, I don't want to you know, spoil too much from the interview, go check out the Kind of Funny X-Cast, a fantastic episode. Uh, but it's like they're looking to, to put like handcrafted thing on procedurally generated stuff. So it, it seems more of like procedural generation to vary the visual style and less of what you're doing so it doesn't feel super repetitive. Yeah. And my on the other side of it, right, I think procedural generation can be, can be dope because it can allow you to do things that you wouldn't be able to do, right? Like you can't make a thousand planets as Bethesda. Like you don't have the time and the effort totally. to have your team make a thousand planets. Now, if you have, if you, you can have a team go in and go, what are the parameters? What are the important aspects into making something beautiful, into making something that feels like it's handcrafted? Like, what, what do the tree, what are the different variations of, let's say, trees and fauna and animals and all these things that you can put in and like make that procedural generation work to spit out things that are really cool and actually like worthwhile to explore? I think that's the challenge and that almost loose back around to being handcrafted in a way right but like you're you again you're using that as a tool i think that's for me that is very interesting and exciting right and i'm someone who likes roguelikes a lot and so procedural generation is my jam yeah. in that case but i mean charles jacobson in the chat saying tim you loved uh, dead cells and that was a procedure yeah. generated. that's not the stuff i loved about it like i would have much rather that not have been the case but that's a personal thing for sure. what i'm looking for especially for like a 2d platformer type thing i would much prefer like i'm gonna take a 2d mario over um spelunky any mm -hmm. day because that's just what I enjoy from these type of things. But um, I'm happy that video games can be so many different things. And to your point, tools are tools. They need to be used by people to do good or evil. <laughs> let's root for the good. And let's call the out good. the evil. Speaking of good, man, that Spider-Man 2 soundtrack is probably going to be good. Story number five, Spider-Man 2's title track is being debuted in a few days. This is from Insomniac on Twitter, uh, where they tweeted out, We're excited to debut the title track from Marvel Spider-Man 2 at the Game Awards 10-year concert at the iconic Hollywood Bowl in front of 7,000 screaming fans Thank on you. Sunday. They didn't say that part. Uh, June 25th. Swing by if you're in the LA area. And then also Jeff Keighley tweets out, just announced Marvel Spider-Man 2 is coming to the Game Awards concert this Sunday at the Hollywood Bowl. We'll be world premiering the title track with the orchestra. First time ever heard. Hell yeah. You're going to be there in the I'm audience. I'm going to be there. I'm going to hear it. I'm going to be so damn hyped. I love the music in the Spider-Man games. Something I love about the Spider-Man, the Insomniac Spider-Man games is they take characters and worlds that I know and love so dearly and make them their own and make them iconic versions of it mm. like there is a universe to this spider-man and you guys know me i love music and i think music is so important to kind of define those the iconic things about it and spider-man insomniac's theme is so 
unique and great to it and it feels perfect for this iteration of the character miles's insomniac theme is so good and hard. so perfect for it combining the two in any way it just works i can't wait for this i think it's going to be so damn cool hell yeah uh, I'm chill. There you going? Like I had the tickets, and I was like, oh, man." And then I have like a thing that I'm doing on Saturday that's mm. keeping me from going on mm. Sunday. I I could go to both, but like, do I want to fly out on Sunday and then fly back Sunday night or Monday morning? Like that's I know it's I, LA, so it's I a 40 know. minute flight. I don't but, know. Like, it's gonna be bad. Bless. I mean, yeah. it could be six hours. It could though. be six hours. It could you be never six know. hours. <laughs> yeah. um, but I've also gone to LA a lot in the last <laughs> month and a half, yeah. and I'm going to LA more this summer. And so I'm like, I need to slow down on the LA trips, you know, before mm -hmm. I just. You know, move to Hollywood. Plus, what up? Are we, we moving the company to Hollywood? Because I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> we did get $150 vouchers from United because of how nightmarish that flight was. Oh, listen, holler at me because <laughs> I that would be the I, thing. I, I think to... Mike has some tickets. We'll um, talk later. Yeah, we'll talk later. I might find myself in LA this Sunday. <laughs> Story number six. Sonic Central is back. We're living blessed. We did it, Tim. Yes. <laughs> we did it. You know what this means. Okay, sorry. I know exactly what this story. means. Uh, this was tweeted out 9 a.m. this morning from at Sonic the Hedgehog's Twitter. Uh, surprise, Sonic Central returns this Friday on Sonic's birthday. Happy birthday, June Sonic. 23rd. Mm -hmm. Tune in for a sneak peek of some of our favorite, or some favorite, of some of our upcoming projects, partnerships, and events happening in 2023. I put favorite in there because I already know it's going to be one of my favorite things ever to happen this year. It's Sonic Central on Sonic's birthday back at it like a bad habit sonic is a bad habit dude i can't wait it's gonna be good the thing about sonic central is we know what it is it's for us oh yeah like, oh yeah this isn't like the capcom showcase of like i hope they show something cool they're gonna show fucking collaborations with with uh, uh king, king ice, ice. <laughs> like <laughs> it's because of, it's, it's because of the two sonic centrals ago that i have this chain that i'm yeah, wearing i love it i fucking love it man we're gonna see some shoes God, yeah we're gonna some sonic some shoes crocs, some crocs you know but all that stuff aside mm -hmm. what we're gonna get from this is more information on the Sonic Orchestra concert that is going to oh, tour. Yeah. They've already announced two spots, L.A. and London, I think the other one was. Um, and they said there will be more dates added. I imagine we're going to hear those dates. And I'm hoping one of them San Francisco. Because if it's not, we're going back to L.A. again. Honestly, I'm down. There's Let's no do way it. we missed this plus. No, I'm not missing this so, whatsoever. Um, yeah, really excited for all this. I, and... I don't need to see more Sonic superstars at this point. I, and I feel like it's the summer. We don't have a date, and though. Then, That's the one oh, thing. We, not we do date? not have a date yet. Really? It's just, it just said fall. Huh. I double checked this like 10 times. Wow. <laughs> I was surprised. I'm, I'm pretty surprised by that. And man, we're getting a new 2D Mario and a new 2D Sonic this year. And they both look great. And they both both look awesome. Come on, man. We're probably going to get a Sonic Prime teaser or clip or something. Oh, oh that's right. That comes out July uh, season two. Oh, I didn't I didn't realize it was. This, yep. is, this is awesome. It's coming out soon. Sonic um, Prime's a lot of fun, y'all. Sonic Prime is dope. Is there, what's a piece of Sonic merch you want? Like, they wear it out, because we got in the ice. Would you we know the shoes? Crocs. Well, they put out the shoes that I, I tried buying them, and they uh, sold out too fast. Like, but, something uh, new. Like, what I would love, you know how they did, did those Pokemon shirts? Those Pokemon shirts? Oh, like <laughs> the nice-looking ones? Yeah. Oh, From yeah. the Pokemon Presents, where, like, they also announced Pokemon Sleep and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I'd be down for some Sonic shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sonic. Oh, they already they did announce their Sonic's doing a clothing uh, collab with Hypeland, which is oh. very, very cool. Um, this is going to be awesome. We're not going to live react to it, but um, we will cover it on Games Daily tomorrow. So, listen, if you say the word, I'll be there to live react with you. It's happening, what, 8 a.m.? 8 a.m. Listen, say the word. <laughs> I'll be here, Tim, uh, at this table uh, with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna, say, I'm gonna say no me. for now. I'm gonna say no for I'm now. I'm gonna say absolutely not. But uh, what is this? Friday. Tomorrow? Yes. 
Yeah, I'm going to a concert tonight. I'm I'm not getting up that early. Not for Sonic? Fuck no. But he's the blue blur. He's the blue. blue he's the blue blur, Barrett. Also, I apologize. Uh, you know, it's uh, in my contract actually that whenever we bring up Sonic, I have to bring up the scene. The internet did not want that, so oh, the God. disconnected for like a minute. So, oh man, why would, why would you do this, Barrett? Moochie smooch. Why would you bring up Sonic? It's part 6? of my contract, plus I'm sorry, uh, contractually obligated. Who wrote this. that contract? Lakers said, I, "I need I need to call you out on this." Because this shit, this is one of those things that grinds my gears, bless. All right. He says, normal people are up by 7 a.m. I need you to understand that we're potentially up at 7 a.m., potentially earlier. But then we need to get to the studio, and then we need to make content all day. You're not starting work at 7 a.m. and then leaving at 7 p.m. or whatever it is. All right? Like, wrap your head around people. And like, you know. I wake up at 645 uh, most mornings. Like a normal person. Yeah. It's also tough being like on at eight a.m. It's just you know there's a balance to it all. When like when Nintendo does a direct at six a.m., it ruins our day. Yeah, like it's not be it's like we're grog we're not, it's not that we're groggy because we never we've never woken up at six a.m. It's more so the fact of being on and camera ready in front of lights flashing at you at six a.m. It's a different feeling. It's a yes. different feeling. Like are you, if you're rolling into I know there's plenty of people rolling into meetings at six a.m. and listen, I feel for you. <laughs> that used to be me. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also, honestly, I kind of miss the. Because then, then those like early morning reacts, then you got the brain fog by like 11. Oh, yeah. Know? And then, then you're just out. Then of I got a PS Love You to record yeah. at like three. The whole thing. The whole thing, man. What else is the whole thing? Is what's going on at Scavenger Studios? This is story number seven. Season developer Scavenger Studios hit with massive layoffs. This is Justin Carter at Game Developer. Months after releasing Season, A Letter to the Future, Montreal developer Scavenger Studios has reportedly suffered massive layoffs. On LinkedIn, now ex-staff have said the studio has made cuts across the board. For reference, there are at least 45 staffers listed on Scavenger's LinkedIn page. Scavengers was founded in 2015 with its first game being the free-to-play and now-defunct title, The Darwin Project. Ahead of season's release this past January, co-founder and creative director Simon Darvo uh, was accused of inappropriate conduct, such as, such as shouting at employees. Darvo and fellow co-founder, CEO, Emily LaMarche, uh, who was his partner during the studio's founding, uh, departed the studio as it was being investigated. Months later, the pair were reinstated, with Darvo put into a non-managerial position, there's a lot in here. <laughs> There's a lot to break down here. I'm somebody who I played Darwin Project, their their first game, and really, really dug it, right? Like I was kind of upset to see that shut down after such a short period. Um, season A Letter to the Future came out at the top of the year. I played that also, right? I was very much looking forward to it. And of course, when they first revealed it, shortly after there were the reports of, yeah, like the um, managerial staff, like not being good to the employees, right? Like shouting at the employees and all this stuff, not treating them well. And you know that was a bummer we talked about on the show like that was the whole thing season comes out though and like it looks really cool play it i i think i gave it a three out of five on the kind of funny scale it was an okay game that like i think had so much potential and like could have been so much more but it was also one of those playstation indies that didn't hit like a stray or didn't hit like a seafood didn't have that sticking power i think no i feel like nobody's talked about um uh this game season since like since January, right? Like yeah. That conversation came and went really quickly. And so you look at how Darwin Project didn't work for them and now how it seems like Season didn't work for them. You kind of understand that after all that and after the toxic stuff at the workplace, how we end up here where it's, well, this isn't working as a company and now we're laying people off. It's super unfortunate, especially for the workforce, because 
from playing both of these games. This is a very, very talented workforce. You know, like for my three out of five for Season, Season has one of the dopest art styles I've ever seen in a video game. And it has a very thoughtful premise of going around this world and journaling and recording what's going on here before um, like it all washes away and you move into the next season. I thought this game had a lot of thoughtful stuff going on to, uh, for it, but you know, it just didn't have the stuff to make it punch through to, oh, everybody's got to play this. This yeah. is a must play. Like this isn't a game that I would consider a must play, but it's one that I think is really neat and has a lot, um, a lot to say. But yeah, like this bums me out because... This is a studio that I would have been rooting for. This is a studio that after Darwin Project, especially, and after announcing this, especially, I would have been like, oh, we need to push these guys. But it's that sucky thing of, and you see this with a lot of indie, indie studios, you know, people go from being designers on a game to then rising up and becoming a manager or becoming a leader, but not having those manager skills or leader skills. And that ends up with them being bad to people, right? Like not everybody needs to be a manager. If you're a game lead, you don't need, to, or if you're somebody who's good at designing games, that doesn't mean that you're good at leading people. And that, and that ends up uh, with us here, right? Similar to the uh, uh, Gone Home developer, right? When we talk about mm -hmm. Fulbright and we talk about what happened there and we see this all the time with indie stuff, it's unfortunate. And, you know, I say, I'll, I say that all to say, if you're leading a group of people, get your shit together. But then also, man, like layoffs suck. And I would have liked to see way i would have liked to see a better reality for the studio or a better version of what the studio could have been like because i think there was a lot of potential there and they squandered it yeah very well said bless thank you story number eight our final news story quick two remaster has been uh rated in korea this is sal romano at gamatsu the game rating and administration committee of korea uh, has rated the unannounced quake two remastered Back in 2021, the Game Rating and Administration Committee of Korea rated the remastered version of the original Quake ahead of its official announcement at QuakeCon 2021. This year's QuakeCon, if Quake 2 Remastered is planning to be announced there, will run from August 10th to the 13th in Grapevine, Texas. You a Quake guy? No, I'm not. Yeah. Uh, I was like, out of all those, I was not really into any of the PC shooters back then. I, I didn't have a computer, so I, I would play things at my friend's house at best, but uh out of all of them unreal tournament was more of my my jam yeah same um that was so, so fun just like such a great game i like the more arcadiness of it um but yeah quake i love that there's a quake con i love that it's still going you know yeah right and and we never got like we we haven't got that a quake like we got doom 2016 and i wonder if we ever will i'm not sure i have oh, quake is one that you know i'm such i'm a doom person like especially in the modern doom i'm a like Unreal Tournament person, all this stuff. Quake is one that I always see brought up, and I know that there are always things going on with Quake, but I, it's like the details of it are always so fuzzy for me, where I think there was like an ongoing Quake, Quake Champions, I think is what mm -hmm. I'm looking at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which was, I'm pretty sure, announced in 2017. That was the, the Bethesda... That was the first Bethesda showcase at E3 that wasn't the Fallout 4 one. Mm-hmm. For the second showcase. Gotcha. Better way to say that. And, like, I just don't hear... I've not heard much conversation about, like, what's going on with Quake Champions or what's going... Uh, yeah, Quake Champions had a winter update 2022. So Quake Champions is currently ongoing, but I just not heard much about it is my yeah. thing. And so I always wonder what's, what's, what, um, um, what's up with that. But also QuakeCon, exciting for Quake announcements, announcements, but then other announcements, too, of, like, what's going on with other stuff that Bethesda is doing in the shooter space. Or, like, wait, is it... I forget if it's Bethesda. It's not Bethesda, is it? Yeah, it is. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah. Like, what other, what other things are they doing in that space? But, Tim, very curious to see what go goes down at QuakeCon 2023. But QuakeCon, so far away. If I want to know what's going to Mom and Grab Shops today, 
What would I look? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show host each and every weekday. Yeah. Out today, we got Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine. I don't like that <laughs> this is at all. Coming it out for, actually makes me uncomfortable. This is PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat Machine. Bear, can you look up Dr. Fetus's Mean Meat it's a Machine? Super Meat Boy. Yeah, spin-off. Spin-off. Uh, like Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, the yeah, puzzle game. That lines yeah. up. And I think it's a similar vibe. Hold on. As like Super Meat Boy or as Dr. Robotnik's thing? No, like puzzle. Yeah. Oh, like the same kind of I'm pretty game. sure it's the exact Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that makes sense. Oh, this looks Poyo, neat. Poyo Pop. Yeah. Fuck, I kind of dig this, actually. Uh, we also got it's Final... So gross, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's Super Meat Boy. We got Final Fantasy 16 for PS5. Enjoy, everybody. Have fun. Have a great time with this video game. I'm trying, Tim. I can't find the time. I know. It's hard. So hard. But it's worth it. We got Harmony the Fall of Reverie for PS5 and Xbox Series X. Mars, first logistics early access for PC. Forever Skies, early access for PC. Six Days in Fallujah, early access in PC. Uh, Tinkertown for PC. Feed All Monsters for PC. Grimlord for MetaQuest. Hubris for PS5. Novalands for PC. And then Nimbus Infinity for PC. We got one new date for you. A free jungle update for Stranded Alien Dawn is coming to the game Aww. on June 29th. Uh, Dawn. Deals of the day. Uh, we got a deal of the week for you. Get 20% off of your order from our RT store merch uh, with code JABRONI, all caps. I don't know if that matters. <laughs> it's all caps. There's also an exclamation point at the end. I don't know if that's part of the code or just Joey being excited in the housekeeping, but code JABRONI. In uh, The Flash, mm-hmm. they, they say JABRONI at some point, and Gia like, popped off. And she's like, they said the mic thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. God. Uh, I have an update, too, on the uh, court proceedings with the Xbox stuff. Very important update. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tamor Hussein has been named in the courtroom, and they're going to show a clip of uh, Tamor oh interviewing someone I in love the that. courtroom for this fucking Xbox FTC stuff, and it's fucking awesome. That is, oh, man. Bless, we got to be careful. <laughs> no, we, we got to be real careful. I hope, they, I hope they show a clip of us, and like, yeah. we're saying the most obscene shit. Us just shit. fucking laughing. Yeah, like us making like dick jokes or... <laughs> Saying just a lot of cuss words, you know. Oh my god, I'm dying. That's dude. really this funny. Is so so funny. Good for him or bad for him. We'll, we'll <laughs> wait and see. Uh, another deal of the day. This comes from VGC. The Epic Game Store's next free title has been confirmed. The Dungeon of Nalcule Book, the Amulet of Chaos, will be free to download from Epic's PC Marketplace June 29th until July 6th. Now it's time. For kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in, let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Um, we had nothing wrong. Because it's us, Tim. I know, dude. You know? Fuck Greg Miller. Fuck Greg Miller. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Go back and take care of your son. No, we got yeah, this. Go home and stuff. be a family man. <laughs> <laughs> Tomorrow's host for KFG are going to be me and Tim. Uh, if you're watching Hell this yeah. live... Only on YouTube in the live stream, there's going to be a 30-minute post show where Mike comes through and uh, hangs out with us. Is it Mike? Yeah, it's Mike. Uh, he hang- hangs out with us, talk about your YouTube Super Chats, and we have a good time. Of course, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, live right here on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games and Twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Till next time, Game Daily.